All right, a warm welcome to each and every one of you, and a special welcome to those who are visiting us, maybe for the first time or the second time. Is there anybody here for the very first time? If you are, just put your hand up. First time, yes. You've got one. Uh, we, I think we've got Ephraim and Joanna. You've got some f relatives or friends with you. Yeah, you keep your hands up. Let's give them a warm welcome. And whew. Yeah, you'll be handed out. A visitor slip would be happy if you could just fill that for our records. And... Uh, Johan, we've seen you online, but it's good to see you in person. Okay, we are, we're going to have a slightly different sermon this morning. Uh, what we plan to do is, uh, as you heard, next Sunday we, we won't be meeting here. So please register that, okay? Uh, next Sunday we'll be meeting in small groups that we call gyms, okay? So turn to somebody and say, gym, gym, okay, gym. Now, whenever we say this, people think about exercising, okay? So it's not your local gym. Gym stands for God, you, and me, okay? We have small groups where, where we meet together for the purpose of uh, fellowship, worship, studying the Word together, encouraging one another, reaching out. So my uh, message this morning is about the importance of meeting in small groups. It's going to be a short message because after that, we're going to break out into our gyms and do some planning. Okay, now, in, in, in James, this morning, when you woke up, you know, I'm sure this is what happened. At some point in the morning, you went and looked at yourself in the mirror. Is there anybody who didn't do that? I, I think all of us did. You know, if there's one thing that every house has, it's a mirror. Now, I don't know who spends more time in front of it, the men or the women. We won't get into that. But the mirror is so important. I, I remember once go going to a school uh, and staying there, and uh, they put me in a room, and there was no mirror. Okay, there was no mirror. And I had to stay there a couple of days. And it was horrific because how do you shave? You know, how do you know if your hair is okay? And uh, it was so difficult. You have to just guess. James 1.23 tells us this. In James chapter 1.23, it says this. It says uh, that the Word of God is like a mirror to us. James 1.23 says, Anyone who listens to the Word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And so what, what, what James is saying is, God's Word in the Bible is like a mirror is for us each morning. You know, we look into a mirror and we see, okay, I need to comb my hair, I need to shave this side or put makeup or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and the mirror helps us. And the same way, God's Word helps us in aligning our lives with what is good and what is true. And uh, so th this morning we look at a few things about uh, meeting together in small groups. Now, if I were to ask you, when does the church meet? What would you say? When? Sunday. The most common answer is the church meets on Sunday. All right? And, and, and that is true. We meet on Sunday. But, you know, whenever we are gathered together, 
two or three, four, five, whatever together, that is also the church meeting. Okay? And for, for, so for our understanding, we think Sunday. That's it. We think Sunday. And we think the other times the church meet, it's optional. Would you agree with me? We'll say, well, Sunday is important. I'll be there. But any other thing, living room, gym meeting, let's see. Okay, and remember, we're looking in the mirror to align our lives to the Word of God. If you look at the different references to the church meeting in the New Testament, not just Acts, but Romans and elsewhere, okay, almost every mention of it is a meeting in a house. Did you know that? Almost every, Paul keeps saying, greet so-and-so and greet the church that meets in their home. Okay, so in the 26 references that are there in the Bible, okay, most of them refer to meeting in a small home. So when we meet in homes next week, all right, it is as important as meeting on a Sunday morning. So it's, it's very important. Okay. Uh, in, in Scripture, we, we see right in Acts chapter 2, uh, when, the, when, when the church grew by 3,000 people on that one day, Acts chapter 2, yeah, we see the church grew suddenly, and it says there that this is what they did. All the believers, verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So they met together in the temple courts, that's a larger gathering, but then it says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So the focus was not just the large meeting, but equally important was the small meeting. You know? In Acts chapter 20, Paul says this. You know, he says in Acts chapter 20, when he met the Ephesian elders, and in verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 20, he says, You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I've taught you publicly and from house to house. Okay. So, so are we seeing it that meeting together is important to meet on a Sunday like this, but it's equally important to meet in homes, in small groups. Okay, we, we should not give less value to that. Somebody put it like this, you know, the church is like a bird with two wings. Now, if I were to ask you, which wing is important, the right wing or the left wing? Both. So the large meeting and the small meeting, both are important for that bird to lift off, to fly. And, and in a meeting like this, we can only have face-to-face -face fellowship. That means you can see the faces, but you really don't have much time to sit down and talk to people. You can say, hi, how was you? How are you? How was your week? And just exchange a few things, and you may be able to speak to one or two people. But when we meet in homes, smaller groups, you can spend extended time getting to know people. So in a meeting like this, it's face-to-face -face fellowship. But when we meet in small groups, you can have heart-to-heart -heart fellowship. Okay? So, so, so let's, let's pray this morning. And, and uh, we look at 
four things as to why we need to meet together in small groups. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to meet together this morning in a large group setting, Lord. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to change to be our minds, Lord, to be conformed to your word, that our thinking about church and small groups would be, would be transformed by your word, Lord. Lord, I pray for the anointing upon your Holy Spirit, upon me as I speak, and upon each one of us, that you would help us to understand your word and to grasp it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay. Now, you know, all of us have gone through this. At one stage or the other, we heard the glorious gospel being preached. Okay, we heard the gospel. Uh, I, I don't know when it happened for you. But then you put your faith in Jesus and your life was changed. I'm sure you've all experienced it. If you have not experienced it, come and speak to one of us. But, you know, several things happened that moment that you put your faith in Jesus. Number one that happened is Luke chapter 15, verse 7, said this. Luke 15, verse 7 says, tells us what happens in heaven. Luke 15, verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So the first thing that happened when you trusted in Jesus, which you were oblivious to, was there was a party in heaven. There was rejoicing in heaven. The angels and God, they were rejoicing that you came to faith. The next thing that happened is that uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The next thing that happened is this. There was a spiritual transformation that took place within you. You may have looked the same, maybe there was joy on your face, but you were a new person. Hallelujah. That, that's great. And, and uh, you all are familiar with these things, so I won't get into much of them. But a third thing that happened is this. You became part of God's family. God became your father, and other Christians became your brothers and sisters. And this is so important, you know. Uh, when we travel, either across India or maybe other parts of the world or people from other places come here, when you meet a fellow believer, there's something that happens. There is an instant connection between the two of you. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah? There is a connection. And how does that happen? Because we are connected. We have the same spirit within us. Okay, and there is that connection, which, which is not there with unbelievers, which may not even there be with our family members. You know, I am closer to people who are not my physical family, but who are part of the spiritual family. And, and there is that connection that happens. So, so that is one of the things that happens when we come to faith, that if we call God our Father, we've got to call one another as brothers. Brothers and sisters, there is a connection that happens. And I'm so thrilled to see that at Word of Grace. Uh, and we've seen it in m many times. I remember, you know, Sushil and Alma's wedding 
four, five years ago. Yeah? And, and uh, Sushil had all his guests were from Word of Grace Church. Isn't that wonderful? And, and it was so amazing. They had a housewarming at the new home a few months ago, and it was jammed. There was no place. You had to get chairs and put it outside. And they didn't have, I think they didn't have one single family member there. No family members. All right? But because of the spiritual connection that we share, there were so many others who came who are like family to them. Okay? So I want to urge you to say that this is the transformation that has happened. Sadly, there are some Christians who put their faith in Jesus and they start attending a church and they, want to, they stay on, on the outskirts where there's no connection and there's no involvement with people at all. I, I want to say to you that that is not what God's Word says. Okay? If, if you are part of God's church, you've got to be connected not just to God, but to one another. As Rick Warren says, you know, we have a personal faith, but it's not a private faith. It's a shared faith. And, and, and that's so important. So I would encourage you that uh, as we go on in this Christian life together, yeah, seek to build connection, to build relationships as much as possible with one another. Yeah? And uh, okay, so, so, so this is what happened. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, connection. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. There are no lone ranger Christians. It's not just you and God. That's why it's Jim. God, you and me. It's all of us together. Okay? And uh, one way of showing this connection being is that, you know, that we are not just attending a church meeting, but we are added to the church. In, 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 in Acts chapter 2, you know, it's, it says that they devote, that 3,000 were baptized that day. You remember that verse? But it says, and 3,000 were added to their number. And that's an important thing. So baptism is one step, but being joined is another step. And, and that joined is a, a similar thing, like imagine that you needed a heart transplant or some organ transplant. Okay? So... On its own, there's a heart that's in, I don't know if you've seen those movies, they carry the heart in the box and it's beating and they've got to quickly get it for the heart transplant. So there's that heart beating. Now that heart on its own is useless. Can't do anything. All right? But, but when that heart is placed into the body, it can then power the whole body and do all that it's called to be. And you are, as 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 Corinthians says, a part of the body. You have a role to play. And for that role to play, if you are just on your own, you're like that heart in the box, beating away, but going nowhere. All right? But, but if you are connected to the body, then, and playing your role, which is vital, uh, can you imagine life without a heart or any, any organ of the body? It's impossible, okay? So, 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 so that is what we are looking for. And so one of the things that gyms will help us do is to get connected. All right? So we, we know others and others know us. So connection is very important. The second thing that gyms will help us to do is to help us 
grow in our spiritual life, to become more like Jesus. Yeah? Scripture is full of commands to grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, He's chosen us to be conformed to the image of Christ. But we know that. And, and, and what the gyms will do, that in a small group setting, we, you know, like today, 90% didn't share anything today. Yeah? Because there's no opportunity for everybody to come up and pray or, or prophesy or, do, or preach. You know, just a few. But in a gym setting where we have multiple small groups, almost everybody can have an opportunity to participate. So it's so important that we are part of a gym so that we can grow. Colossians 3.16 says this, you know, let the word, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Okay? So in a small group setting, everybody gets an opportunity to share, to teach, and, uh, which is not possible on a Sunday morning. Okay? So, so, so let's do that. In, uh, in Acts chapter 15-16, it speaks about Apollo, Apollos, sorry, and uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And what they did is they took Apollos to their home and they taught him the word. And that can happen in a small group setting where we will grow, grow properly. Now, you know, in, in order to grow, three things are needed to grow spiritually. We need the word of God. We need the spirit of God. And the third thing is, of course, circumstances and people, people. So, so the Bible is full of one another's. Forgive one another. Bear with one another. And it's only as we meet together that we have an opportunity to grow in our Christian faith. Okay? Okay, another thing that helps, that, that happens with small groups is that we can express love to one another. Love to one another, okay? I'm just so amazed you know, each, not amazed, but just thankful to God for each time we hear of acts of love done in our midst. A uh, couple of years ago, we had uh, Christy and Esther at the beginning of the lockdown, it just started, gave birth to Jason. Okay? And, uh, you know, and his family is not here, her family is not here, so they were alone. But were they alone? No. Manish and Shoma opened up their home and said, come and stay with us. And they were there with them for two weeks with newborn Jason. You know, they are not related. There's no relationship, nothing. The only relationship is they are brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, I think when they wanted to go back to their own home in Pune, the society wouldn't let them in for some reason saying, you know, I, we are not letting people in yet because you've come from the hospital. But Manish and Shoma, in the height of the lockdown, took them to their homes. You know, the same thing with Ephraim and Joanna. You know, when uh, Austin and Joe, and not Austin, but Joe, gave birth to Thea. <laughs> you know, they, they, and, uh, they took them over into their house. And uh, that was amazing. And they looked after them and cared for them. And so we see that the church is there and it comes, in, it, 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 the, the church that the church is people, that we are able to love and support and help one another. And so it's an opportunity to practice love because the greatest thing is love. 
And the fourth thing that the church is going and, and love and, of course, serving one another in different ways. Okay, another area where the small groups would help is it gives us an opportunity to practice hospitality. Okay? And uh, the, the word says, practice hospitality, practice hospitality. And, and uh, one way to do that is when you meet next Sunday is, uh, you know, have a potluck. I tell you, the potlucks at Word of Grace beat most five-star hotels. <laughs> would you agree with that? Say amen. You, you get this amazing variety of food that comes in made by people, okay? And uh, so, so it's an opportunity to, exp now we, we'll figure out whose house we're going to meet in and all that, but it's an opportunity to meet together for hospitality. And I want to encourage you, every one of you, okay, we can all cook something, bring something and cook. You know, when I was a student, you know, Jessica's leaving home at 21, I left home when I was 17, Okay, and when I was a student, you know, we had potlucks at our church, and I would cook a dish, you know, and take it there. And so to all the singles here, I say, listen, please cook and do something, <laughs> you know. And uh, you can also cook and, and, and share and do it. And if I can do it as a guy when I was 17, I'm sure you can do it, uh, whatever. But, but the point is, what, what are we doing? We are just obeying God's word to practice hospitality. And uh, this thing. And, and the fourth area of, of another area of, of the small group thing is, you know, it's not just about loving one another and caring one another. Okay? It's also about reaching the lost. And we've got to say, as a small group, as a community, what can we do to... 